I thank God. I knew you would. <laughs> I thank God for saving me today. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, you don't have to have a lot in this world to be blessed. And uh, what I mean is, if you've got Jesus, you're blessed. You don't have to have all the riches in this world. But if you've got your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that's all you'll ever need. And I thank God for that today. Because we have that opportunity. I'm a going. That's been settled. Long time ago. I hope that you're going. And it is my prayer that if you're not. That you will be before this service is over. Because he's real. He loves us. And uh, we love him. But he first loved us. Nothing that I can do to gain salvation today. Nothing at all. He calls me, I receive it, Amen. and I get written down in the book. Amen. It's as simple as that. Confess unto him, of course. Believe in him. He's the only way today. Amen. Turn your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter number 3, if you would. Job, chapter number 3, in the precious book of God. It's in the Old Testament for you Bible scholars, right before you get to the book of Psalms. <clears throat> After you have your place, I'd ask you to stand, please, for the reverence and reading of the Word of God and prayer for the message this morning. Job chapter number 3, I'm particularly interested in verse number 25 today. You have your place, say amen. amen. Are you glad to be in God's house? Amen. amen. The Bible says, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I want to use this as a simple thought this morning. Running scared. Running scared. Let us pray. Father in heaven, God, Lord, we thank you for what we've already felt. God, we thank you for the good songs of Zion, Lord. And God, I thank you for the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. But God, this is the most important part of the service, Lord Jesus. And I ask you, God, to bless. I ask you to undergird me with spirit and power to where I may preach your word. For God, I'm so unworthy today to even stand before your people. But God, through your blood, I've been made worthy. And God, I pray that you help me. Because if you don't help me, God, I'll be standing here for naught today and not do anybody any good. But Lord, I pray that you'd give me the help that I desire. And, Lord, the desire of my heart is, Lord, to reach out to these people and see someone come to you today. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. Praise you and thank you for what you've already done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. Here in verse number 25 of the book of Job, chapter number 3, again, the Bible says, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Now, if you, most of you are familiar with the book of Job and the story of Job and how Satan uh, came about with Job and, and how Job was uh, being tested 
Uh, of course, the Bible tells us along and about uh, uh, verse number 6 of chapter number 1. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also among them. Uh, and the, the Lord asked Satan, what are you doing? Well, I'm out in the world and I'm roaming to and fro. That's what he does. He goes about seeking whom he may devour. He goes about trying to destroy lives. He loves destroying families. He likes to destroy churches. You name it, that's what the devil's business is and what happened here is uh, uh, the, the Lord said well have you tried my servant Job the Bible says he is a, a, a perfect and upright man and now that word perfect there in the tense that it's used does not mean that he was without sin it means that he was a righteous man that he was a good man and he was a good man of God in other words he prayed and he provided the sacrifices that were required in the Old Testament he raised his family around the word of God he done the things that he should have been doing and he was just a real good man a very good righteous man and Job said well Lord if you hadn't blessed him with all that you've blessed him with uh, he'd go ahead and curse you to your face uh, the Lord said well, won't you just go ahead and give old Job a try and by, before it was all over with Job had done lost everything that he had he'd done lost all of his family he'd done lost all of his herd uh, he had lost all of his friends uh, he had lost all of his property his house was destroyed uh, destroyed uh, and Job was sitting uh, uh, in the ashes uh, uh, full of boils uh, uh, that the devil was bringing against Job but there was one thing that the devil could not do the devil could not kill Job and that was the requirement from God now you know what I have never uh, realized this until I believe today now we all know that the devil uh, is a liar now we know that the truth's not in him uh, but here in the word of God uh, he told the Lord a piece of truth. What did he say? He said, Lord, you've got a hedge around Job that I cannot get to him. That is the truth. And you know what? I would not know this morning that God has a hedge around his people unless the devil hadn't told me. Amen. And I thank God that, that, that God has used the devil to allow you and I to know today that we've got a hedge of protection around Around us, and for you and I that are saved, uh, it's called the blood of Jesus. In other words, the devil can't cross the bloodline unless God gives him permission uh, to come against you. And there are times, my friend, when God does drop the hedge. There are times when uh, it seems like you're fighting hell in itself, uh, and it seems like that you're in the greatest and darkest days uh, and the greatest battles that you've ever been in. But may I remind you of the word of God today uh, and let you know that God said he'd never leave you he'd never forsake you and my friend I believe he beats off the enemies of hell uh, when they come to you uh, in those dire days uh, and when there are times uh, of trouble uh, but if we look at Job chapter 1 and chapter number 2 you can read all about Job we won't take time to read all the scripture this morning uh, but Job did not know his outcome Job did not know the end result uh, and I never knew that hedge was there but it was there and I never knew the hedge was about me when after I got saved but I know that the hedge is there uh, I'm here to tell you what happened with Job at the end uh, Job had twice as much uh, as he had from the very beginning uh, even his wife came against him before then uh, and said why don't you just curse God and die but Job sat naked 
in this world I came. Naked I'm going to leave. And all of that trouble, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what we need to do occasionally as the children of God? We need to bless the name of God. We need to say, blessed be the name of the Lord because we have salvation. Blessed be the name of the Lord because we have His favor. Blessed be the name of the Lord because we do have shoes on our feet and we have clothes on our back and we've got a roof over our head. We are a blessed people today and don't even know it. But I'm here to tell you if it wasn't for the good graces of God, we might not be as blessed as we are. But yet because of Christ and Him dying on the cross for you and I, my friend, we can be a blessed people and we are a blessed people. You may not have a dime in your pocket. You may not have a dollar to spend today. You may not have nothing. But I'm here to tell you, if you got Jesus, you've got everything that you need. He is worthy of honor. He's worthy of praise. And my friend, he's the best thing that's ever happened to this old boy. And he'll be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Because I was bound one day. I was bound in the chains of sin myself. But God came along by the way of the Holy Spirit, Brother Jerry, and began to convict my heart and convict my soul. And all of a sudden I realized that I was in a bad spiritual predicament. I was lost and on my way to hell without Jesus and I knew which way I was headed. But thanks be unto God, I made up in my mind that day when the Lord Jesus pierced my heart with conviction that I would leave that church house different in which I came. And my friend, I did just exactly that. He's a good God. I'm not afraid of the power of God. I'm not afraid of the promises of God. I'm not afraid of the praises of God. I'm not even afraid of the plan of God. But I'll be honest with you. Can I be honest? There's some things that scare me to death. You're like, what are you talking about, preacher? You're not supposed to fear anything. No, listen. We should fear God. Why should we fear God is because He holds our life in the palm of His hands. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created it all. He created you. He created Adam from the dust of the ground. He created Eve from the rib of Adam. And then down through the generations, here we are today. It wasn't that God created Adam and Adam was a monkey. Adam was made in the likeness and image of God. He was made as a man. As you and I are. And Eve was made as a woman. But as I think about some things today. There are some things that scare me to death. Now I'm saying we should fear God. We should fear Almighty God. Because we have to understand that. uh, The Bible tells us that we should fear God. He said don't fear man. uh, That can kill your body. But fear God. That can also take your body. As well as cast uh, your soul into hell. So I'm going to fear him. He's my maker. He's my Lord. That's the problem with most people today. They want a savior. They want to go to heaven. But they don't want a Lord in their life. No, the preacher's not your Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is your Lord. 
And what do you mean? Now, well, I mean that we, we abide by the book. We go by what the book says, and I believe if we go by the book, and we go by what the book says, we'll be in pretty good shape, amen? But there are some things uh, that scare me to death, and I'm going to touch on some of those things this morning with God being my helper. Uh, uh, first of all, let me say that sin scares me to death. I'll tell you why sin scares me to death. Listen, if sin can pull down a man like Adam, if he can pull down a man like Solomon, if he can pull down a man like Samson, if sin can destroy a man or attempt to destroy a man by the name of David, what makes you think that we are a match for sin? Because I'm talking about a man that was after God's own heart. I'm talking about one of the wisest men that ever lived. But yet sin uh, caused them trouble. Listen, sin caused Adam to lose his paradise. It was sin that God got the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon. It was sin that got the strongest man that ever lived by the name of Samson. It was sin that got the man that was walking close to God and after his own heart by the name of David. And you mark it down. If sin can cause these men to fall, my friend, it can get you too and it can get me. What do you mean, preacher? I'm here to tell you, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if anybody thinks they're holier than thou, you're probably in the wrong place this morning. Because we're not. We're all sinners, and I hope you're saved by grace today. Amen. We've fallen short of the glory of God, but I've seen what sin does. And I've seen how sin destroys lives. And I've seen how sin kills. I've seen how sin destroys families. I've seen how sin destroys fellowship. I've seen how uh, sin destroys churches. I've seen how sin is, can be so dangerous. Folks, I'm here to tell you. I, I, listen, if you think that you'll never get into sin, get, never give in to sin, uh, I, there's a little bit of scripture for that that I want you to understand today because I've heard some people and I've even heard preachers say oh you ain't got to worry about me brother I'm not going to fall into that trap right there but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 12 wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall see listen we we take sin so lightly anymore we don't realize how dangerous sin can be no matter how small we think it may be or no matter how big we think it may be sin is still sin in the eyes of God. You see, the devil has deceived us into thinking, well, everybody else does it, and God's not chastening them, so it must be all right for me to do it. May I tell you today, there are people that they've dug up on the beside houses in Spartanburg County that have lost their lives because of sin just this week. There was somebody that was hit by a car and killed just this week close by all because of sin. A sin will destroy your marriage. A sin will destroy your children. Your children will get strung out on some of the worst stuff that you've ever seen. Listen, you ain't never seen, you and I as parents have never seen the stuff that our children are facing today. They are facing things in this world and the devil grabs a hold and he doesn't want to let go. But that's when we need a praying mama. That's when we need a praying daddy to pray that the good God of heaven will go and break those bounds, those, 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 those things that have them bound, the thing of drugs, this thing of alcohol. 
all. Uh, it's running rapid and, 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 and raging uh, and tearing up homes and families and lives and destroying them. May I say today, there is a better way. Uh, his name is Jesus Christ. Uh, he doesn't hate you. Uh, he loves you. Uh, God sent him for you, the only begotten son, Jesus, today, to where we can have forgiveness and where we can have everlasting life. I am glad that God broke chains in my life uh, and set me free uh, to where I can go to a place called heaven. Uh, oh, preacher, do you have desires? Oh, yeah, I have desires. Uh, oh, but preacher, do you fall in those desires? Uh, I haven't yet. Uh, but I'm not sitting here telling you that I won't. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, but the devil gets strong from time to time. Uh, and I'm going to try to stay strong in God. Uh, I'm not so narrow-minded. Uh, and I'm not so standoffish to believe uh, that I'm a match for the devil because I'm not. But I know one who is and the one that stands by me and the one that can help me and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm scared of sin. See, sin will lead you on. It'll lead you on. See, it'll bind you tighter and tighter than you ever want to be bound. It'll keep you longer than you want to be kept. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. And some things... You might think you'd never get out of it. But sin tends to lead you on. And you see, sin begins, as it begins to lead you on, your conscience begins to play with you, your soul, I guess you could say. And you come to a point to where you get tied up in that sin to where it doesn't really bother you anymore. You get accustomed to it. And it's almost like it's, it's seared into your mind that, well, you know, this is okay. But you know what, folks? Listen, it's not rocket science. The book tells us how we should live. We should live righteous and godly before others. Amen. But sin will lead you on. That scares me. Sin will lead you on. Sin will separate you. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1 and 2. Behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. My friend listen to me this morning. I believe the one thing that grieves the heart of God. The most it's one one of his children. I'm talking about one of the saved falls into a place of sin. But my friend, not only does it separate you from God, it'll separate you from your family, husbands. It'll separate you from your wives, wives. It'll separate you from your husbands, parents. It'll separate you from your children. And I've seen it divine families, fellowships, and friendships. And I've seen a lot of it. But I'm here to tell you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Uh, uh, take courage today, my friend, uh, and sin. You can be running scared of it uh, because it will try to control your life. Uh, it'll try to take you and pull you down. Uh, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Hold on to that promise uh, and fight off the evil of this day. Yeah. It'll separate you. It'll steal from you. What does it steal from you? It steals your peace from you. Yeah. Oh, listen, when David repented of the sins he committed, he said in verse number 8, Make me to hear joy and gladness. And then he says in verse number 12, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Amen. You see, when we get into sin, we begin to lose our peace. And then we begin to lose our joy. 
There's many a times that I've run into people and they would tell me that they're Christians. They'd tell me that they belong to God. But yet, Jerry, they've got the frown upon their face and they act like they're the most miserable person in this world. You don't have to be miserable into the graces of God today. He is the one that can give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. He is the one, my friend, that can give you joy deep down in your heart. You see, there's many a people there and today, they're searching for something. They're going through things. They're going through things that you would not even imagine. They're going through things that you could not even believe. But they're searching for something. And many a times they're searching for that peace. They're trying to find something. They're trying to reach in to find some kind of peace that they could bring unto themselves and unto their heart to where they could have some sleep at night because they're tortured when they lay their pillow down because there's no peace of God there. There's no joy there. There's no power there that God gives you and I to be witnesses unto others. There's no power there to fend off the enemy that comes against your home. There he'll steal your perception even. And you'll begin to realize that when you're doing wrong, all of a sudden you think it's not wrong. And it messes with your perception. And you know that it's wrong deep down, but you've done gotten so tied up in it that you think it's okay. And you think that the chastening hand of God hadn't come upon you so you continue in it and you think that it's okay my friends sin is not okay we've all come short of the glory of God but let me remind you of this we've got an advocate with the father who is the Lord Jesus Christ who come and died for you and I he'll steal your peace it'll steal your power it'll steal your perception but not only that it'll scar you for life Sin will scar you. I had a friend that was out one day and he was he was in sin. And David, he got in there with the wrong crowd. And he got into a fight. And they cut him from up here all the way down to near his hip and left him for dead. I went and seen him at the hospital. They had a bag on him. They had staples through that cut to where that other man had knifed him right there. I mean, he really tried to gut him. If somebody hadn't seen him laying in, on the side of the road near a field, he would have lost his life because they came to his rescue. He went into the hospital. I got the call knowing that he was there. I went over and I spoke to him. He said, Preacher, it was sin. That caused this. It was sin that put me in this place. If I never was around that crowd. If I never was. Did have that addiction. If I never was around that crowd. I never would be looking like this. He looked at me. He said preacher that's going to leave a scar. And that scar is going to be forever. And it's never, ever, ever, ever going to leave. And even this morning, when that man got up to put on his clothes, and he looked in the mirror, he seen the scars of sin. And how the scar will always be there to remind him of the sin that he was controlled by. It'll scar you. But eventually your sin's going to find you out. That's the Bible. You see, sin has a payday. Scripture says, be sure your sins will find you out. But not only 
Am I scared to death of sin? But I'm scared to death of self. What do you mean? I'm not scared of myself. Dave, this right here will get you in trouble. This right here gets you in trouble. The flesh. The flesh. You see, we have to bring that flesh under subjection. Paul said, I die daily. You know why Paul said that? Because the flesh wants to rise up in him all the time. You see... Your eyes will end up looking at something that they should not be looking at. Your hands uh, may even begin to touch something that we should not even touch. Your ears uh, may begin to hear something uh, that you don't want to hear. Your tongue may say something that you don't need to be saying. You see, it is the flesh that overcomes the spirit at times by the working of Satan in your life. And he begins to, to deal with your mind. And he begins to turn your mind into that playground. And he, when he begins to turn your mind into that playground, then we ought to be scared to death of self. Because you should never trust self. Amen. You can't trust the flesh. Why? Because I know if somebody over here is talking about something, and they're talking about somebody else. How many times have we done this? Now, what did you say now? Did, are you serious? Who was that again? That's a battle. And not only that, doing, that one doing the listening, but that one doing the talking. The tongue is a little member <laughs> that at times needs to be churched. <laughs> You know what the tongue is? A pop-off valve for your heart. Yep. What pops off out the tongue, a lot of times is what's down in your heart. Yeah. You see, some things come out here that's in here. That's why it's so important that we put things of God and things of righteousness into here. And that we put things of God and things of righteousness in front of these eyes. Because whatever is being put into your ears many a times. And whatever is being seen by your eyes. Often begins to take over and comes out of your mouth. And when that happens my friend. We need to be scared of that. But not only am I scared of self and I'm scared of sin. I'm scared of the shelf. What do you mean preacher? Well. I mean in not being used by God. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. But I keep under my body and bring it under subjection. Lest that by any means which I have preached to others. I myself should be a castaway. 
The one thing that Paul was afraid of here was that God would one day put him on the shelf and never use him again. My friend, we need that kind of fear today. How terrible it would be for God to never use us again for his glory. To never to tell someone else about Jesus. To never tell someone else about his glory and his grace and his mercy. To never sing another gospel song. To never teach another Sunday school class or to teach another child. I think I'd rather die and go to heaven than to be put up on the shelf I talked to a preacher one time he had backslid on God listen let me make something clear to you I believe the Bible I believe everything in the Bible I believe if you have qualifications in the Bible it will either qualify you or disqualify you the same things that qualifies you to be a pastor, preacher, evangelist, or deacon uh, will be the same things that can disqualify you as a preacher, pastor, or deacon. I believe that's the Word of God. You study out the Scriptures and it'll teach you that. I do believe that there are men that have been behind the pulpit that had good intentions, that preached the gospel of God, that were on fire for Christ, that were winning people to the Lord, but are on the shelf today because God put them on the shelf because of sin that came into their life. I'm thinking of one particularly. He decided he wanted to step out on his wife and he thought that the grass was greener on the the side and he stepped out had him a little love affair on the side uh, he was thinking nobody was going to know may I say this today unconfidence it doesn't matter if the preacher knows the deacon knows the congregation knows or the world knows what matters is that God knows Amen. he had got put on the shelf he had got caught now listen since then he has been restored not to the pulpit but restored and helped from the sin that he was in I was ran into him at the store the other week, and I began to talk to him. I said, Brother, how you doing? And he said, I'm doing all right. I, I've gotten everything straightened out with my wife. My family's back together. I said, well, praise the Lord. And he said, but, but, but what really kills me, Preacher Todd, he said, he said, I'll never be able to preach in, from the book again. He said, nobody will have me. And he said, uh, scripturally, I, I, I believe I've, I, I've went down the wrong road and, and, and I can't be restored back to that pulpit. And I said, I, I believe that. I believe that, 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 that God has put you on the shelf. And he looked at me and he said, preacher, sometimes I think I'd rather just die than to not preach the word of God. May I say unto you today, if I didn't do what I was doing here today that I was called to do, I would be in a bad shape. But why? Because I know what God wants me to do. I know what God has desired for me to do and what my desire is for God. And my friend, I'm here to tell you, if I can't preach anymore, you might as well put a bullet in this boy's head and put me six foot under because that is the most greatest thing that has been ever offered to a man. I'm here to tell you, the call to preach the gospel. And you may think I'm kidding, uh, but they asked Dr. Billy Graham many, many years ago. Uh, they said, Billy Graham, uh, you've got a great following. You know a lot of people across this world. And they were Barbara Walters was the one asking him the question. They said, have you ever decided or have you ever thought about running for political office? And he looked at her with all due respect, ma'am. He said this. He said, ma'am, why would I want to take a step back? I've already got the greatest calling in the land. Why? Why would I want to run for political office? He was right. Last week when I was with President, Vice President Pence over in Greenville. And he said these words. 
He said the presidency of the United States is a great honor. The vice presidency of the United States is a great honor. But the greatest calling in our land is not an elected official. But it is a man that is called by God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friend, that is the greatest calling of the land. And if you end up being in sin and disqualifying yourself from that calling, it will tear your heart inside out. This man came to me and was crying on my shoulder and said, Preacher, I don't know what to do. I said, You just get yourself in that church. You follow the man of God's lead. You help him any way you can. Carry an offering plate. Hold the door. Teach a Sunday school class. Do anything that that man desires for you to do. And, and he said, Well, I can't preach anymore. I said, I understand that. But do, do something for God. Amen. He didn't get disqualified from a lot of stuff. Listen, we've all... May I I repeat myself here? We've all sinned come short of the glory of God. How would we feel if God put on these screens our life over the last 24 hours and everything that runs through your mind? I just wonder who'd be ashamed and who would not be. I believe we'd all be hiding under the pew. Huh? I'm afraid of self. I'm afraid of of the chef. I'm I'm afraid of sin. But number four, I'm afraid of the seat. I'm talking about the judgment seat. I don't want to stand face to face with God with the marks of a fallen pastor. Don't you stand face to face with God being the marks of a fallen Christian. We must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what we have done, whether good or bad, according to 2 Corinthians 5.10. This is not a judgment to determine uh, who will be in heaven. The sins of believers will not be the issue at this judgment. But the seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ is going to be about your service. The the seat of Christ is going to be how you took what God's given you and how you've used it. There's two judgments. The judgment seat of Christ, for you and I that are saved, we're going to have to stand before God. We're going to have to give account. God give you a talent. If you're not using it, God's going to wonder, why aren't you using that? I gave it to you. But the other judgment, the great white throne judgment, is for those that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Today in this world, you can go and you can talk to many a people and they'll tell you that they're Christian. They'll tell you that they know Jesus Christ. They'll tell you that they believe in God. But may I say today, believing in God and saying that you know Jesus and saying that you go to church does not mean that you've had a heart transplant and that you're saved. Being saved or being a Christian is having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It means bowing down in humbleness before a holy God, asking Him to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, and write your name in the Lamb's book of life, believing that Jesus Christ hung and died on a cross for you, and believe that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. And my friend, when God moves in, the old man moves out, and you become a new creature in Christ. You want to know how God can take a life like Aaron Deal? You want to see like how God can take a life? like Todd Black or like Joe Floyd and changed their life for the better it's because one day they decided they needed a heart transplant and God found them reached down to them they accepted Christ as their savior and when that happened my friend their whole world got rearranged and it got changed for the good 
That's what we need today. You see, let me, just, let me go ahead and throw this one in there as a bonus. I'm scared of Satan. <laughs> Why are you scared of him, preacher? Because the Bible says he's going to and fro like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't want him to kill me. I don't want him to kill my family. I don't want him to destroy our lives, our homes. I don't want that to happen. I'm fearful. Now, many of people will want to challenge Satan. Don't do that. You're no match for him. The only one that can take him. Listen, the devil has power, but thanks be unto God, he don't have all power. The one that's got all power is the one walking beside me. And if I've got him walking beside me, I can take upon about anything that comes our way. But my friend, when the devil gets fighting hard, and if I'm away from God, yeah. not, he that, not he that moved. If I moved away from God, I have left myself wide open for Satan to come in and destroy and when he comes in, my friend, things begin to happen. Things begin to take over. Things begin to change for the worse instead of the good. Amen. Well, what do I do, preacher, after I'm saved? You get yourself in church. You get yourself in a, in a, in a Bible-believing church. You get yourself in a Bible-believing Sunday school class. And, and you start discipling. And you start learning more about the faith. And you start learning more about God's Word. Listen, when we're born into the kingdom of God, we're not going to know everything overnight. Amen. This is where a lot of churches fail. A lot of churches believe they get saved Sunday. They're going to be all cleaned up and they're going to be perfect the next Wednesday. It don't happen like that. If a new convert doesn't know to read their Bible, unless you tell them, somebody needs to tell them. If a new convert does not know that they need to be in church, then somebody needs to tell them where that says that in, in the Word of God. Hebrews 10, 25. Forsake not the assembling yourself together amongst the believers. Be in the house of God. The, the, the new convert's not going to know to share their story and to be a witness unless someone tells them that it's in the Word that we should tell our story and that we should be a witness unto God. Yeah, you see, a lot of times, churches, we try, to, we try to catch them ourselves and then clean them ourselves. God has to be the one that catches and then God uses us to disciple them and then eventually, they learn it, they get it, and they know it. The next thing you know, they're sitting around, they've been in your church 30 years, and they've raised a family, and they've got a smile on their face because they're going to heaven. Amen. Things that scare me to death. Sin. Self. The chef. Deceit. And Satan. Oh, preacher, you give Satan too much credit. Listen, I was once preaching a revival one time, and I preached a message on hell that night. I preached on Satan and his devices and the things that he used to pull people down and drag them under. One of the leaders in the church, not the pastor, one of the leaders in the church got up and dismissed in prayer, and, and he looked over at me, brother, that day and said, we just want you to know, preacher, we don't recognize the devil around here. 
I said, you better recognize him. Guess what happened about six weeks after that? The church was decimated with trouble. That man that said that's wife ran off with another man. They fired their preacher. They fired every one of their board members. And they closed the door within six months. And I believe it was all because they did not recognize the power of Satan. If David Pearson is coming to me and I'm walking and he comes behind me with a ball bat and I know that he's there, I'm going to defend myself. If I'm saying, David, I'm not going to recognize you. I'm just going to keep on walking. I'm not going to worry about you. You know what happens? David hits me over the head with a bat and I'm in the hospital or worse. You see, we have to recognize. We have to know and we have to understand exactly what we're up against. But keep this in mind and don't take me wrong. He's got power, but he don't have all the power. Now, I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I can tell you this. Jesus loves you, and he'll save you. He'll welcome you into the family of God if you'll allow him to do so today. Let's stand as they come give us a song of invitation you would just bow your heads and close your eyes give reverence unto the lord during this time as these are already praying let me say this preacher loves you i would never want to hurt you i would never want to discourage you but i do want to make sure that you're saved and you're on your way to heaven today i can't save you but maybe this morning you're hearing a still, small voice speak to your conscience. That's the Spirit of God. Maybe you feel some butterflies in your stomach and an apple stuck in your throat. That is the Spirit of God, and that's called conviction. And if you've got a need of salvation, you ought to come and just ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Maybe you're here today, you're saved, you backslid on God, you're out of God's will. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you'll come to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive you. Maybe you're not what you need to be, not what you ought to be. God can help you. You just have to ask Him. Maybe you've got others that you want to lift up to God today. Whatever the need may be, He can help you. I'm going to say this prayer, and whatever your need may be, you come. Father in heaven, God, we thank you, Lord. For your many blessings, we thank you, dear God, for the word. We thank you for the message of God. I pray you'd lead us, guide us, direct us in everything that we do this morning. Bless these that are on this altar praying. Give them the help that they desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. As they sing the invitation, you come if you've got that need. Any need at all, God can help you. Have I oft hid my face as the storms howl above me? Oh, listen. And there's no hiding place. Oh, God can help you. It's the crash of the thunder. 
precious Lord, hear my cry and keep me safe till the storm passes by, till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Many times Satan whispers, there is no need to try. See, there's no end to your sorrow. Oh, there can be an there's end to sorrow. There's no hope in the by and by. Jesus can give you the hope that you need. Oh, but I know Listen. that God is with me. God's with you. And tomorrow I'm going to rise where the storms never darken the sky. Hallelujah. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds. visiting with us. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you folks for being here. Hope that the message blessed you. Hope the singing blessed you. It's